0: Well, hello, and I'm hoping you are having one stunning Saturday. Yes, it's the stunning one flying solo on this episode of Ready Free Professional Wrestling. This week on the show, I have a close personal friend, Donnie. He's coming on the show to help me talk about the passing of one superstar, Billy Graham. That will be closing the show this week. But first, this is your
1: radio free. Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need
0: to know. Okay, first story up. The Saturday Warner had their upfronts on Wednesday this week where they announced the addition of the Saturday Night Show for AEW called Collision. This was the worst kept secret in professional wrestling history because I feel like we've known this for months now. But... What happened during AEW that evening was kind of interesting besides the fact that Tony Khan announced the first couple of collisions will be from Canada as they make that Canadian swing during later in June. Now, the one date he didn't mention was the very first episode of Collision. He said next week on Dynamite, he'll let us know the location of the premiere episode. Now, it's been r- rumored for months now that it's going to be Chicago on June 17th. And the reason for it, is one CM Punk as that is supposed to be the river return of CM Punk to AEW TV. Now CM Punk went to Instagram during AEW. And had some choice words for Brian Alvarez and other members of the wrestling journalist community. And also saying that us wrestling fans don't know the people involved and that we need to go outside and touch grass. He said it was cool for us to root for our teams, but the tribalism and the wrestling fan community is something that's not good. And I kind of agree with Sam impact on that point. So what's interesting was Warner Brothers Discovery issued a statement regarding CM Punk's status for AEW collision after the fact to Connor Casey of book.com and they basically stated that CM Punk is not affiliated with TNT's AEW collision whatsoever. But Mike Johnson of prowrestling.net reported that an internal email sent by Warner Brothers Discovery listed CM Punk as being a part of the cast for AEW collision you know it's just more cm punk no matter what if he's in the ring out of the ring like he says he's the one that draws attention to the sport okay moving on from cm punk summer watch 2023 let's go to our next story as we're heading towards money in the bank there's one person has been missing in action from all the press going into this event and it's one Drew McIntyre. And uh, we've been wondering, where is Drew? Now, he's been recovering from a injury. We knew that a while back right after WrestleMania. But Dave Meltzer from the rest of the is reporting that the injury seems to be healed back. Now it's more of a creative issue. And according to Fightful, Drew McIntyre likes to be more hands-on with the creative. Now, they've both been reporting that his contract isn't up to like the middle of 2024, and both are reporting that Drew McIntyre may be most likely leaving WWE. Which I can see the point here because I feel like if he's coming into that year as a free agent, this is best to keep his options open because I feel like he could get good money for either WWE or AEW. Now, granted, I wish that we could see Drew McIntyre at Money in the Bank. I feel like the WWE should. Do right by Drew, especially because he was the champion during the pandemic era when they had no fans in the building whatsoever and he basically carried that company on his back for a while. Moving on to our third story of the week. According to Wrestling Inc., Brett Hitman" Hart will be honored for his 2021 induction into the Canadian Walk of Fame. He'll be surveyed alongside the 2020 and 2021 inductees. We want to send our congratulations out to Brett Hitman" Hart on this awesome honor. He is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there will be. Now, if you happen to be in Toronto... On May 26th, the celebration starts around noon, and I will post the details in the show notes for this episode. This has been your control center for May 20th, 2023.
1: And now it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly in the week that was professional wrestling.
0: Okay, let's look back on this week in professional wrestling. My goodness week just happened last night on Friday Night Smackdown as we saw the debut of uh, Pretty Daily and also the debuts of, of Aladon and Alba Fire won KLR. And I'm so happy for all for these people as they got shown strong. They won their debut matches and it looks like on Smackdown they are going to be in a position where they are being pushed. I couldn't ask for more. Go back and watch Pretty deadly versus the Brawling Brutes. It's one heck of a match. I mean, it's Pete Dunn basically trying to beat the living heck out of both members of Pretty Deadly. Now Isle of dawn and KLR or Abba Fire had a basic enhancement match where they basically had 90% of the offense and had one heck of a finisher. I'm just hoping that they were going down the road here. Eventually they're going to unify these NST women tag team titles with the WWE women's tag team titles. As we found out on SmackDown that the champions had to relinquish the title and Roquel Gonzalez is gonna to have to find another partner because in two weeks on May 29th on Raw, they're having a fatal four-way to determine the new women tag team champions. Okay, so that was my good this week. Is how you properly debut talent and push talent. Now, let's flip the coin. Let's go over to my bad this week. Because so on AEW Dynamite, we're heading into Double or Nothing. And we know what the main event of Double or Nothing is. It's a fatal four-way for the AEW World Title. Now, the four pillars, as we know them, as being MJF, the current champion, Darby Allin, Sammy Guevara, and... Jack Perry. Now, my bad kind of centered around Jack Perry, as he had one heck of a match with Roosh, but if this was an attempt to get Jungle Boy over as being somebody who could be a threat to MJF, mission not accomplished here, Tony, because... Roosh basically dominated this match and they basically gave a flute rolled up pin with Jungle Boy pulling the tights to gain the victory. Your baby face pulling the tights here. Now granted Roosh did a lot of cheating in this match where you can see a baby face getting frustrated and yeah you can throw that little shade of gray in there and might work sometimes. But this is heading into one of your big pay-per-views of the year. You should be trying to push Jungle Boy as a face unless... You're deciding you want to make Jungle Boy a heel here, and this is just a flag for us thinking, oh, hey, Jungle Boy isn't coming out of Double or Nothing as your AEW World Champion. So that leaves me with my ugly this week, and it's the fact that the WWE is trying to counter program Double or Nothing with NST Battleground. Now, granted, this card for NXT Battleground, which I'll preview next week for you guys, it looks, it looks good on paper. I like it, but come on, guys. Why can't we have this before AEW? WWE? Why do we need a counter program? Do you really believe WWE that you're going to draw eyeballs away from one of AEW's biggest pay-per-views of the year with this card from NXT? And granted, I mean, I like the main event of Carmella Hayes versus Braun Breaker. It should be another banger of a match. But we're all probably going to watch this Monday after AEW because we're going to watch AEW live knowing that we have the Peacock Network. We can just simply go over Monday morning and watch NXT Battleground. And that has been my good, the bad, and the ugly in this week of professional wrestling.
1: It's now time for David, the Smart Mark Heel and Face of the Week.
0: Okay, David, I'm pretty sure you don't mind me borrowing this segment from you. So my faces this week are the Elite, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega and Heyman Adam Page as they rejoin forces the Blackpool Combat Club. Now, I was kind of happy that we didn't see what's going to go on with Don Callis. Is he, is he not joining the Blackpool Combat Club? I kind of wish Don Callis doesn't join that group because it feels like this swapping William Regal for Don Callis. Now, granted, Don Callis is a good heel manager, but he knows Lord Steven Regal. So I'm kind of happy that Don Callis started this segment at the end of the show by kind of going back going, there's no real belt machine without him. He's the reason Kenny Omega is so good, but he gets cut off as we see that Blackpool Combat Club come to the ring. Don Callis being the chicken shit heel leaves the ring and here comes out Kenny Omega all by himself looking to be four on one. here comes Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson. They've been beat up earlier in the show. And they're not dumb, dumb baby faces. They bring weapons. So now we still got this three-on-four operation here. And then you get the music that we've been waiting to hear for a couple weeks. As Heyman Adam Page walks out, we have Kenny Omega hand over the barbed wire broom. And granted, I know how crazy a barbed wire broom is. But that moment of him handing it over and seeing the four guys on top of the stage. And he walked down ready to kick some butt because they're out of bubblegum. Was one of my favorite moments of the week? Okay, my heels this week. I got two. And allow me to transfer you back to 2009. And we're going to TNA. No, no, I'm kidding. It's the same episode of AEW Dynamite from this week. It's Jeff Jarrett and the debuting Karen Jarrett. We've been talking about how much heat Dominant Mysterio has been getting lately. There's Dominant Mysterio heat. But now there's Karen Jarrett heat. As we saw Jeff Jarrett. Jay Lethal, Sunday Duck, and their giant come down to the ring about to call out FTR. Now, FTR was smart. They're smart faces. They took the giant out and they start brawling with Jeff Jarrett and Sonday Duck and Jay Lethal. They get into the ring and it looks like the baby faces are about ready to hit the shatter machine and everything's going to be good for FTR. And out of nowhere, here comes Karen Jarrett with a low blow. We get two guitar shots, one to each of, of FTR and we leave that segment with Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett holding the world tag team titles for AEW and I'm gonna anger a lot of AEW fans here probably I think you gotta take the titles off of FTR and give it to Jarrett and Liverpool for maybe a couple of months I just love the fact that in 2023 Jeff Jarrett is probably one of the best heels in that company besides Christian Cage it's this crazy thing think, like, two members of TNA from back in the day are your two biggest heels besides MGF. Insane, I know.
1: What's on tap? The guys give you their picks on what you can't miss this week.
0: Okay, so we're going to go ahead and preview WWE Class of the Champions live from Saudi Arabia. First match we're going to look at is for the SmackDown Women's Championship as Real Ripley faces off against Natalia. I have no earthly idea how anyone could think Natalia has a chance here in defeating Rhea Lip Don't get me wrong. I feel like this will be a solid professional wrestling match, but I feel like this is going to be one of the matches we don't talk about coming out of Night of Champions. Okay, so we had a battle royal to determine who would face Gunther for the IC title. Are we surprised that Ali was the one who won it? If this event wasn't held in Saudi Arabia, I doubt the fact that Ali had won that battle world for this opportunity to face Gunther for this title. I feel like Ali is going over there to have a solid showing and Gunther could probably have a good match with anybody, but there's no way on this planet that the IC title is going to come off of Gunther this weekend coming up. Okay, up next we have Asa versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship This should be a highly entertaining match, and I can see them taking the title off of Bel-Air and giving it to Asuka to start this hill run that we're on with Asuka. Now, she turned on Bel-Air two weeks ago at SmackDown in Nottsville, Tennessee. She came out during a celebration for Bel-Air, gave her the miss, and we saw last night on SmackDown. Yet again, Asuka comes down to the ring and uses that miss on Bel-Air. This time, didn't get the full effect of it of it, and Michael Cole went out of his way to go like this is a special new kind of mist that has some kind of pepper in it and that's why it's so devastating so that was an interesting detail that we learned last night okay if you force me to make a pick here I'm going to take Asta to defeat Air and become their new Raw Women's Champion I think Belair had a great run as champion, and we need to take the belt off of her before it becomes stale. And this is a perfect opportunity, and one title needs to change on Night of Champions, or why in the hell are we having this pay-per-view called Night of Champions? Okay, so we're up to a match that I'm looking forward to, and David probably could care less about, as we're talking about the man, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. I gotta say this has been an interesting build to the feud as we saw at wrestlemania we had a three versus three match where we had lita trish and becky face off against damage control and like the raw after that we had trish just turn on a dime against becky and start this feud here where it's all about trish Stratus not feeling respected and like somehow becky has taken the spotlight away from trish Stratus. Now, I enjoy a heel of Trish Stratus here. It's been fun to see her back in the ring. And I'm hoping that she's just not here for not the a Champions. Then leave the company again. I'm hoping this feud leads on to SummerSlam. Because this is in Detroit, Michigan. Close to Canada. Close to Toronto. I feel like they can get another match out of this. So, I got a feeling that Trish Stratus is going to one-up Becky here somehow by devious means so let's say that that way moving on to another match that I'm looking forward to and David probably couldn't care less about Brock Lesnar versus American Nightmare Cody Rose now we already seen Cody have a victory over Brock Lesnar a couple weeks ago at WWE Backlash now Brock is out for revenge and I got a feeling that this is a mid-chapter of a story, and we're going to have yet another match for these two gentlemen, probably at SummerSlam. So I got a feeling that Brock Lesnar will defeat the American Nightmare here. This might be a quick match. This might be Brock Lesnar coming out there and ragdolling Cody Rose all over Saudi Arabia. Okay, we're up to the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Title Match between Roman Reigns, Siko Solo versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Now the question is: Does this match still happen? Apparently, tensions between Saudi Arabia and Syria have lessened, so uh, that's probably the reason why Sami Zayn is allowed into the country and why this match may be actually happening. Now I know a few weeks ago we were talking about maybe the Usos coming out here and taking the place of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and having like a number one contenders match. And there was Seeds Planet last night on SmackDown that this may still happen with the opening where we saw Roman and the entering. They basically get interrupted by KO and Sami. And Roman cuts a promo on Sami and basically saying he wasted his life. And that was his one regret, wasting his life on Sami Zayn. And as... As Roman's about ready to go into his dive tribe, here comes the Usos from the behind. Kevin turns around, he starts fighting one of the Usos, but yet, dumb dumb baby face here, Sami Zayn gets attacked by the Usos. But this time, the Usos get in the ring. They think, "Hey, Roman's gonna be cool with us." Roman was pissed off. He was like, "What the fuck did you do? I had a plan. I'm the quarterback. Who's the quarterback?" I'm the quarterback getting the beef out of the ring and the beef out of my locker room later on at night so they're still working on this breakdown of the bloodline so could we still see the Uso somehow get into this match maybe next week on Friday Night Smackdown but you know what I feel would we kind of interested to see Roman with all the titles so I'm gonna go with Seth so Rollins and Roman Reigns to defeat Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championship, and Roman's gonna have all the titles but one, and that one title, ladies and gentlemen, is the brand new WWE World Heavyweight Championship, and with the one we call the Bronze Medal Title here on Ray Free for Professional Wrestling. In this match is AJ Styles versus Seth freaking Rollins, and if you've seen some stuff on the internet, Seth Rollins has been a- Linked to a Marvel movie. He's in the latest Captain America movie and he's been filling down in Atlanta. And speculation is now that he may not be the choice by the WWE to be the first champion here due to his movie commitments. So could we see the phenomenal AJ Styles be your first WWE world heavyweight champion? Personally, this is gonna be probably the best match on the card. These two guys can't have a bad match. But I got a feeling if you're going to make this the official Raw World Championship, the USA Network Championship, it needs to go on Seth freaking Rollins. I don't see WWE breaking up the OC right now as they just literally got drafted over to SmackDown. Oh, wait a minute. They are playing, playing fast and loose with the draft. So I can see AJ actually getting this title somehow, some way as well. It's a 50-50 coin flip, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm going to say Seth freaking Rollins is going to be your first new WWE World Heavyweight Champion slash Brawl Medal, not Roman's title champion. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been your preview of WWE Night of Champions.
1: This is RFPW In-Depth. Sean and David take a deeper look at a wrestling promotion or wrestler that you should check out.
0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this week we're looking at Progress Pro Wrestling, one of the biggest independent wrestling companies in the uk and europe as a whole next week they are having their super strong style 16 tournament it's a three-day event the winner of this tournament gets a title shot against the progress world heavyweight champion at the current moment that is the lord spike Treve, one of the most hated professional wrestlers in europe and the uk and maybe on the planet. This past Wednesday, Progress Progressing released the bracket for the tournament, and we're going to go over each of the first round matches, and I'm going to give you my opinion on who's going to win, and who's going to advance to the second round, and who may eventually win the whole tournament. Okay, first matchup up here, and it's one of my favorite hills in Progress since I've been watching the last couple of years, is Kid Lyco's and unfortunately, he's taking on Big Damos. Now for us here in North America, we probably know Big Damos for his time in NXT UK, then on the main roster in WWE as one-fourth of a Sanity. Okay, so this match between Ken Lycos and Big Damos, my first one was, was the over-under and a number of Beck and Trace used in this match because I know Kid Lycos is going to empty his bag of tricks. But unfortunately, I think Big Damos is going to carry the day here. I don't think Kid Lycos can match up to the strength of Big Damos. So we will advance Big Damos out of the first round. Now, that winner of that match gets to face the winner of the following match. It's British pro wrestling legend Robbie X versus one of the young hottest talents in North America and Nick freaking Wayne. Personally, this match is like a tale of two wrestlers at two different points in their careers because, basically, I feel like there's a lot of similarities between Wayne and Rubby X. And the biggest question going into this match, does talent beat experience? Can Nick Wayne avoid making that one mistake that one opening that Robbie X just needs to finish the match and I want to say experience carries the day here so I have Robbie X basically out of this match and he will be facing Big in the second round the next match we have to discuss here is the first progress world champion Nathan Cruz versus Matic now Matic has been in progress this year recently and I don't really know him as well as i know some of the other wrestlers in this tournament on paper here i feel like cruz should win this match and advance to the second round here now the winner of this match here faces the winner of tate mayfair versus will freaking osprey this match is one of the two matches in the first round that I'm freaking looking forward to. On paper, these two gentlemen are like a mere image of each other. And I got a feeling that this match should steal this show on whatever day the first round match happens, if it's day one or day two. Now, if you saw Will Osprey's promo for this tournament. At the end of it, he was on the phone. He was talking to somebody. Do we see the Swords of Essex return to Progress Wrestling? Both of these gentlemen have no problem cheating whatsoever to win a match. So I can see this match just be down and dirty. And it's just going to be who can outsmart the other person. And unfortunately for Mayfair, he may think he's the best. But we know Will Ospreay is probably the dang best wrestler on the planet. I'm taking Will Osprey into the second round of this tournament. Okay, let's slide over to the other side of the bracket and bring that forward to the next round. First match on the other side of the bracket is Mark Hackens versus Leon Slater. Now, Leon Slater is a young and upcoming professional wrestler. He has a lot of potential, but he has an awful draw in getting Mark Hackens. And especially with the fact that Hackens brings his wife to the ring a lot and she gets involved in his matches. I got a feeling that she's going to give Mark an advantage in at least one match in this tournament. And it may be the first round match. I think we see a decent showing from Leon Slater. And in any other tournament in any other year, he may advance. But I'm taking veteran experience over youth and talent. Give me Mark Hattons to go into the second round. Okay, the next match might be the most interesting matchup of the tournament. Because we had the man that does no fear in Danny Black. Versus the evolution of Charles Cromley. Now, when I first watched Progress Wrestling, he was the color commentary person on the show he then got back into the ring doing wrestling yet again and as we've seen through the last couple chapters of progress wrestling he's figured out this code unlock a higher level of assistance and he's the self-proclaimed god of progress now both gentlemen are good professional wrestlers they both have shown moments of greatness in progress wrestling over the years I'm gonna go with the man who doesn't know fear, Danny Black. I got a feeling that this might be his year to make a decent run through the tournament. Okay, the next match we're going to talk about has my dark horse picked to win the whole thing, ladies and gentlemen, as it's the man like Drace versus Shrill Edie. I think the man like Drace, along he keeps focus here, should be able to come out this first round match. And the last match of the first round that we need to talk about is the other match that I'm freaking looking forward to. When I saw this bracket come out, this one grabbed my eye right away because it's going to be a freaking banger. It's Luke Jacobs of Northwest Strong versus Rampage Brown. Okay, Jacobs, a former Atlas champion, a former Progress Tag Team champion. On the other hand, you have Rampage Brown. I know him from NST UK where he gave Walter all he could stand and almost defeated the mighty Walter. This match, you need a vocal in, because this is going to be hard hitting and it might be short but it's going to be so freaking entertaining. And this is a coin flip because I've been going backwards and forth the whole day as I've been making my bracket. Did I take Jacobs? Did I take Rampage? And I'm going to go Rampage round to beat Luke, get Jacobs here. And that might cause me to have my bracket totally fall apart here. So I talked to you through the first round, showed you all the matchups. Now let's go back and let's advance my picks to the, the semifinals. Into the finals, and who I think is going to win the 2023 Progress Super Strong Style 16 tournament. Now, my first semi final, my first quarterfinal match I got on the card here is going to be Big Deimos versus Robbie X. It's a cruiserweight versus a giant and Ben Deimos. And I'm going to take Deimos to carry today yet again. Robbie X is going to give him one hell of a challenge. This would be another great match, one that you need to get your popcorn ready for. But I think size beats experience in this matchup, and I'm going to take Big Damos onto the semifinal. And in my other semifinal on the left side of the bracket, I got the first progress champion, Nathan Cruz versus Will freaking Ospreay. This should be a entertaining match. They both have similar styles, and I'm going to have the aerial assassin, the King, pin, the kingpin of professional wrestling, Will Ospreay advance to the semifinal to face Big Davis. Now we're going to jump over to the right side of the bracket and my 1st semifinal on that side is Mark Hackens versus Danny Black. And I got a feeling that Hackens is going to beat Danny Black. I know I said I feel like Black could make a run here in this tournament. It all depends on this second round matchup. If he has to face Hackens, it's going to be an uphill battle but the man that doesn't know fear may actually defeat the veteran here i'll throw that caveat out but i want to take hackers to events here and he's going to face the winner of ramface brown and a man like dress now i know i said my dark horse winner was going to be man Light like dress He has the big mountain in front of him because he's facing Rampage Brown in my second round here. And my heart wants to say one way. My brain says the other way. I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to take Manlight Dress to defeat Rampage Brown in the second round. To move on to face Mark Hackens in that semifinal on that side of the bracket. Staying in this side of the bracket, I'm going to go ahead and predict that Manlight Dress defeats Mark Hackens in a great match in the semifinal to face the other semifinal winner who will be Will Osprey as he defeats Big Damos and we get Manlight Drace versus Will Ospreay in the stunning final of the Super Strong Style 16 tournament. Now, if I get this right, major props to myself, but if I get this wrong... I know exactly where I messed up in this bracket. This match, in my head, if this comes true, should be freaking entertaining because they both have similar styles. And I feel like man like Dress, he may not win this match against Will Ospreay. I get a feeling that Will Ospreay might be the winner of this whole tournament. And I know a lot of people are going like, wait a minute, Will Ospreay has this come back to Progress Wrestling. He's booked all around the world. Would you want Will Ospreay to be the person to win this Super, solid, super Strong Style Tournament? Or would you rather have a mainstay in Progress Pro Wrestling? I want to see Will Osprey versus Spike Treve. I feel like that would be a freaking amazing match to have. Say like the Saturday or Friday before All-In in London. So give me Will Ospreay as your 2023 Super Strong Style Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time I'm bringing on a friend of mine, a lifelong pro wrestling fan. He is Donnie Woodward. Donnie, how you, have you been? And I wish I had you on under different circumstances. It's
1: all I've been doing very well. God has been good to me. We're 25
0: hours removed from the passing of superstar Billy Graham, and I know people have been tossing around this term "generational talent." Donnie, he's like industry-changing talent because this guy basically changed. The way professional wrestling was seen by us fans and like the people like Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Scott Steiner, You see this on Twitter where they have come out and this gentleman for
1: his contributions to pro wrestling. It's just amazing all the talent he has brought into the world of wrestling, all the talent he has inspired from the Hulk Hogan to Dusty Rhodes to Jesse the Body the stone cold to the rock everybody once in their lifetime has cut a superstar billy graham promo and everybody now uses the catchphrase brother thanks to the superstar exactly you know i was reading up
0: on superstar billy graham because he was a little bit before my time when i got into watching professional wrestling and this gentleman got into professional wrestling in around 1969 to 1970 he came through this too heart dungeon system.
1: Yes, and just doing some research, Superstar was a shot-foot champion in high school. At the age of 16, he fought amateurly and professionally in golden gloves, 1959. 1961, what well, always turned me on to the Superstar, he had the bodybuilding powerlifting background. 1961, he won the West Coast Mr. Teenage America. Now, well, how is this important? Frank Zane, anybody in the bodybuilding world knows Frank Zane. He won the East Coast version of Mr. Teenage America. 26, the superstar was playing CFL football for Calgary and then traded to Montreal. He only played like a year, but he's playing professional football to be a professional boxer. Mr. Teenage America, he's playing pro football. He comes back to the States in 1968, but he's at the Mecca of bodybuilding with Franco Colombo, Dave Drapel, and Arnold. At this time, when he was training with Arnold, his bench press was 6.05. The superstar was just an elite athlete I think he could have achieved anything he wanted to in the sports world. His ability to cut a promo, his ability to put butts in the seats is why he was such a prominent figure in the world of professional wrestling. And Donnie, one of his biggest moments was in
0: like 1977 when he battled Bruno Sammartino for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship in Baltimore, Maryland. He actually defeated Bruno Sammartino during a time where Bruno did not take that many losses.
1: No, exactly. And he held the belt for 10 bucks. Right there is longevity of him being the champion. And during that time period, 19 of the 20 shows he headlined at Madison Square Garden, they sold out. He was a hill to get everybody in the seats. Don, I was talking to a younger wrestling fan at work today, and I was saying who Billy Superstar Graham
0: was, and I basically referred to him like, hey, he's actually a better Hulk Hogan with the, the whole Hollywood act. This guy was ahead of his time he was he could literally if he was able to be transported in time to now he probably would be a top
1: level face at any company or hill oh easily just the charisma the personality the physique he is a talent for the ages i mean i know he had a
0: falling out with the wwf and it's like known that he actually came out and talked about his steroid use around the same time the wwf was dealing with the steroid trials back in 1992 and he was hoping that doing so, he could have the WF clean up the uh, situation with his steroid use in that company and professional wrestling. I think part of his legacy
1: is they actually somewhat did that afterwards. He may be the uh, reason for the random drug tests or the stressing in professional wrestling. Uh, I really like as he grew older, he admitted his mistakes. He tried to educate the younger generations of wrestlings, athletes. Steroids were bad. It was well documented in the mid 80s when he was trying to make a comeback. Of his hip surgery. WWE, WWF ran segments on that. And in later stages of his life, he became a huge advocate for organ donation, being a liver transplant recipient himself. The superstar kind of went full circle. Yes, I did these drugs. Yes, I did these steroids. Don't be like me. Don't have artificial, artificial hips, the knees, live a clean, healthy life. Exactly, Donnie. I feel like his
0: life can serve as a carcerary tale of what can happen if you. Go down a certain path in professional wrestling and I hope a lot of younger professional wrestlers, as we're talking about Superstar Billy Graham this week and going forward, they need to look at his life and go like, there's certain things you can take away from it. You're using your own character, your own career, there's other things that you can go, I don't need to do this because I see the end results. Superstar Billy Graham has been suffering through a lot of different health issues during this last like four months. He spent the last, basically, four months in the hospital. I know him and his wife both had a, a bout with COVID, and I my heart goes out to the family of the Superstar Billy Graham and his wife Valerie. You know, it's the hardest decision you ever have to make in your life, and I wish nobody would have to have to make it. The decision to take your loved one off of life support. Donnie, you know my story with my family. We had to do that with my mom, and it's just something I wish nobody would ever have to feel.
1: It's it as it's, well. It's just a pain, I don't want a friend or nor stranger to ever have to feel just the, the void that's in your heart knowing this is their last breath. But as if you knew the superstar, you knew where his faith was, there's two reasons why he took up the name Superstar Billy Graham. The first is very evident that where he was growing up, he took parts of revivals. He actually did beats of Street. That's his testimony during these ru- revivals in Arizona. So when he came back from the States and stand standing the CFL, he changed his name to Billy Graham in honor of their evangelist Billy Graham, then when he went to Florida, he kind of went kayfabe. If everybody knows anything about the Andersons, Oli, Arn, Lars, Anderson, whether they make a wrestling family, Rick Flair's or a cousin from Minnesota, they gave Billy Graham, like, oh, he's the brother of Eddie and Luke Graham. Well, there's two reasons why he changed his name from Eldred Coleman to superstar Billy Graham. And so, you know, his faith, he was always there. He always acknowledged God, always referred to Jesus as the Savior, but still, it's hard that you're watching someone you love and they they've been together what sean 40 45 years
0: yeah i mean like basically like the lift of his time as a pro wrestler i mean they got married right before he got into the business coming out of this i feel like superstar billy graham has to be on that mount rush we talk about in professional
1: wrestling i said we don't have the superstar billy graham we don't have modern professional wrestling we do not he was the innovator of character promos no one had ever gone on tv made the promos he made, it was as energetic, as charismatic as he was. The influence on professional wrestling, Hulk Hogan. If you watch some of his earlier interviews with the older McMahon, he was always wearing an Arizona State shirt, red and yellow. So, okay, Hulk Hogan is gonna come out about 10 years later with red and yellow. Everything he brought to the business, it just it changed the business. Personally I feel it changed it for the better. He got he got the business more mainstream. More recognition made the guys today a lot more money than what they could have been making, and they need to thank the likes of superstar Billy Graham. Exactly, I was happy to see that that
0: both the WWE and AEW had released statements sending out their condolences to superstar Billy Graham's family and the fans and friends of superstar Billy Graham, as we do here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling, and I know you too, Donnie.
1: When you, you actually you broke the news too, I mean I was like, wow. Superstar is for the ages now. Well, Donnie, I want to thank you for coming on here with
0: me on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. It's been nice to catch up with you, my friend, and I hope to have you back on here real soon.
1: God, oh, it's been a pleasure, and I enjoy listening to the podcast every week and very proud of what you're accomplishing, man. Bro, I mean, I'm sorry, brother. Well, you know, in honor
0: of uh, Superstar Billy Graham, I'm going to leave you guys with a promo he cut right before he won the world title from Bruno San Martino and listening to this, Last night, ever knowing all the news, it that chills up my spine because it's such a great promo. Pro Wrestling has lost a giant in the industry. And all we can do now is carry the honor in memory of superstar Billy Graham.
1: 27,000 people
0: to be exact and 27,000 people on the sidewalk that could not get in to see this match. Bruno San Martino cannot get the belt back from Superstar Billy I am the champion. I am the greatest. I am the strongest.
1: This is my belt. I got the proof, baby. I'm the man of the man with the power. Too sweet to be sour.